First things first, Charlie, how are you? I'm very good, very good. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, before we get into the new record, I'd like to jump back a little bit to the ending of the previous kind of album cycle because it was well received. Mm. You did uh, a great deal of touring. Where was the band and, and yourself in particular uh, in terms of your mindset at the end of that? Well, I think this sort of a lot of this record is about the mindset after after the touring finished. Um, I think restless would be a good word to summarize how you felt when you came back from touring. Um, you know, sort of searching for this constant cause for a celebration like you have when you're on the road. You know, mm. after a show, you can celebrate. When you have a day off, you can celebrate. And when you come back and you're not touring and you're just sort of you know, back in sort of normality, quote unquote, um, there's not always a cause for celebration and it can be pretty damaging if you're always seeking one out. <laughs> As I tried and tested. Um, <laughs> That's an interesting um, point. Is it difficult to, because life on the road, I mean, I've never been a musician, but I, I can imagine life on the road is quite different than, than just regular life. Is it difficult to adjust? Uh, just, not just in terms of seeking that high of a show, but just in general, kind of connecting with people. And Yeah, I think it is massively, but it's also, it's, it's it's weird that this record is coming out now because I think there are a lot of themes that sort of resonate with um, experiences people might have had. I mean, you know, to say that, you know, it is about my experiences coming back from tour, but I think that would kind of, you know, that would make it quite a unique experience. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It might not, that's quite sort of, separating it from a lot a, a large amount of people who you know have haven't had haven't ever experienced that i think what it's mainly about is just coming to terms with enjoying your own company mm. you know and being on your own and learning to separate what your work life might be from what your personal life is and learning sort of what what makes up your identity And I think that's quite interesting how it's sort of coming out and that that was what I sort of faced coming out of touring. Right. And now in the past year, it's that sort of quite similar to a lot of things I'm sure most people would have dealt with. Well, the, the interesting thing is, uh, I, th I think, especially in your 20s, it's always this period of kind of adjusting or kind of figuring out what life really is about. And uh, I wrote this line down from uh, Water in the Well. We all got lost somehow. I tried to find myself, but I lost the map. So so is that kind of uh, how you found yourself when you were, were trying to kind of get back to normal, normalcy? Yeah, I think I just felt sort of a bit sort of lost. I mean, like, you know, I think when we were on the road as well, you know, sort of the normal life experiences that happen to you sort of at the age of 20 or 21 or whatever, or 19 would happen, but, you know, like, you know, heartbreak and stuff like that. But because you're on the road, you're able to kind of distract yourself from it. You're able to distract yourself from reality for a long period of time. And, you know, this is why a lot of the, you know, the sort of, the title sort of revolves around my bedroom at the nursing home that I used to live in. You know, because sort of when you come back and when you're in your bedroom, I really do think that there can be nothing more intimidating than when you fear your own company, because that is the place where you have no choice but to confront yourself when you mm. go to sleep. You know, and that's why initially you might sort of like, you know, I, I sort of went out drinking a lot because, you know, you go to sleep like that. But um, 
but it was sort of like you know you're forced to, I would have these vivid dreams and you're sort of forced to confront your own subconscious and I think it's interesting how most people I speak to now sort of having this quarter life crisis um I don't know whether that's just sort of in London but everyone sort of feels this sort of like existential um you know breakdown of just sort of who they want to be what they want to do will they ever be able to you know achieve these goals um and it's hard I think it's I think it's really hard for people because there's so much uncertainty at the moment mm. and there's a lot of sort of pressures as well um but I think for me in particular sort of like I've just learned from lockdown and I think hopefully this is as this is expressed on the record as well this sort of necessity for positive thinking in order to kind of survive you know you can't live in hindsight you can't live in in heartbreak or whatever you know you have to confront them that is like that's what I'm trying to say do you know what I mean mm. but you have to confront them in order to get over them and sort of enjoy this time and not think about what could have been because you know it's hard at the moment with you know mental health and everything like that sure. but there is a lot of stuff to be grateful for still and I think that you know and a lot of things we've learned is about the support of each other and of, of of sort of all of these causes that have been going on you know rightful causes I think yeah I think I think identity is a large part of this record and I think it seems to be a large part of our generation as to working out who we actually are in terms of identity because one thing I hear from musicians is that Well, you're in a band. I, I, I imagine you've been playing music for, for a very, very long time. Um, that their identity is so, almost kind of uh, linked linked to that. Be sorry, linked to them being a musician. That's that's kind of their identity. And once that is taken away, like for instance, now when you can tour and uh, obviously you can still be creative, but that that identity becomes somewhat jarred. Have you experienced this as well? As well that that um, it's difficult to see yourself outside of kind of the band. Yeah, yeah, and that was what I meant earlier okay, on when I was, okay. you know, like find no, 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 complete, completely, like finding this separation between you know your work and and who you are as a person and you know with my work it was like shame and touring and mm. promo and stuff like that and then I didn't you know we were so we were so young when we when we sort of went on the road that we sort of missed out you know we were sort of like tourists in our adolescence you know mm. like sort of coming in and out and so a lot of sort of life experiences we might have had were sort of juxtaposed juxtaposed by this absurd lifestyle we were living um and I think massively it is but because at that moment in time you're trying to work out who you are anyway and when you become too absolved absolved with your work or you know enveloped by this character or persona or whatever or you know just only you know only being in one world you can kind of sort of like lose sight of a lot of uh, relativity of, of what sort of of what sort of matters and you know yeah well quickly before we continue then what what for you was one of the most surreal or kind of outer body type experiences uh you've had in the last couple of years i mean most notably like i remember when when we stopped touring when we did so you know those two years we did the songs of praise tour we came back i moved into my flat you know moved into that pink room and then i remember like one of the early days i was there So I moved back. Quite, I moved in quite immediately after we finished touring in sort of very beginning of January last year, 
And um, I remember I, I woke up, sort of like 11, went to Tesco's, came back, cooked lunch, watched TV, and then I made some dinner and I kept watching TV and my flatmate came back. And I was like, mate, you wouldn't fucking believe the day I've had. I've had the weirdest day in the world. I was just like, I went to the shops, came back, I cooked some food, I'm watching TV. And he was like, it's just a normal day, mate. You know, I couldn't sort of like, I, I was so sort of like, you know, lost like with sort of like these normal routines and they seem quite like absurd to me because when we, when you're on the road, your every day is sort of mapped out for you by a tour manager. You know, the hours are, do you know what I mean? Your lobby call, then the how long the drive takes, then the sound check, then the gig, and then where you stay every day. <clears throat> so to sort of have this kind of form of control again, kind of like lost as to what to do. And again, I sort of felt this kind of like restlessness where I was like, you know, should I get on a train to Brighton or should I do this? Do you know what I mean? You're always looking for an excuse for some some ridiculous thing to do, which is as well kind of like, you know, trying to escape yourself, you know, trying to just not be in your own company for a period of time. But luckily sort of it lasted probably like two months like that. And then I just sort of like got into it. And now I like heavily enjoy and really value and appreciate the time I can chill, but also I'm so grateful for the time we had touring. And like you say, it's important also to focus on the positive things. How did creativity help with kind of making sense of all of this and the fact that you had this band as an outlet? I think, I mean, it's all, you know, we are so privileged and so fortunate to have, to have any, you know, to have the, uh, to have our creative outlet as our profession, you know, and that we can do it all the time. And for me, I think, and for all of us, it's always been, necessity and I think in particular with like writing lyrics it's quite strange because most of the time I feel you're quite unaware of how you're actually feeling and what you're writing down is actually the truth you know your true self and you don't sort of realize this until you come back to it a few months later you know it's sort of a way to sort of you know put part of yourself down you know like sort of leave a sort of footprint of how of truth and then sort of be able to walk away from it and sing it and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's, I think it's always helpful. I think, you know, people can hit like writer's block and people can have sort of, you know, moments where they lack um, inspiration. But I think, you know, all in all, it's, you know, it's, it's a form of sanity. And, and I think like when you do it for, you know, like in lockdown and stuff, and we're still doing it with no hope of, of touring or, you know, maybe like, you know, financial stability or anything like that. And that's when you realize how much you actually love it and how important it is to you. Can we take one of the songs that ended up on the record and, and perhaps the one that's maybe surprised yourself the most, like you say, maybe something you wrote and when you revisited uh, that song, you kind of were surprised by what you wrote. Was there one that stuck out? I think maybe like human for a minute. I think, you know, that's like a very personal song and sort of like, I sort of want, you know, on this record, it's very introverted and sort of like, I wanted the challenge of like exposing myself because before anybody else hears it, the, the band hears it and, you know, like they all un know the context of everything I'm talking about. Mm. And so it's quite daunting and quite intimidating, like anyone would be to come to four people you're very close with and sort of like read this out or sort of sing it in front of them. And them will be aware of it. You know, it's quite sort of 
challenging and I sort of like wanted that challenge and I think sort of like at that time you know that song is sort of about being in this sort of like doomed relationship of like getting back together and then breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and sort of is about that sort of like delusion the sort of the joy you have in the delusion when you think that it's not that it's not going to end but then inevitably it does collapse but you know I think like that was probably one of them yeah Okay, and on the musical side then, because that song in particular kind of sticks out, there's a couple uh, somewhat slower songs uh, at the end of the album as well, but that one, you, you use your voice differently, and, and so what was your approach with that song then? Well, so it's very different to how, that song is very different to how it used to be. That was mm -hmm. the first song we wrote after Songs of Praise, and again, okay. sort of, became almost like a blueprint lyrically for me, you know, with the theme of identity and heartbreak or whatever we have that continues throughout the rest of the record. And we came in to record that in the fret and James Ford, that was one that he probably had the largest influence on. And we played it in its previous form and he sort of said, I don't think this is quite up to scratch. You know, that's a polite way of how he said it. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and so then it, it happened very quickly, but we just sort of, Josh changed the bass line and then we slowed it down and we did a few other things. I'm saying we, I didn't actually do any of that. But like, <laughs> and it sort of became this new thing and, and sort of like suited the entire vibe of what we were trying to convey with that song a lot better, you know, and it sort of really worked. I'm really happy about how it came out. I know it's like Josh's favorite song on the record. Right. And when you were doing these kind of things, when you're changing the, the sound of the band a little bit here and there, you're experimenting and, and uh, both lyrically and sonically, and you, in the uh, in the back of your mind, obviously you had a very successful record in Songs of Praise. So, so did that did that play a role in terms of where you wanted to go with the record? It, did it add pressure uh, of any kind? I think it naturally sort of like there there are always going to be pressures, but I think that and you know there's sort of a moment where you listen back to sort of like the ideas that you've come up with and you have this sort of you're proud of them basically, and I think that's the moment when any sort of external criti criticism that you sort of fear or whatever kind of slips away. Um, and it might sound cheesy as fuck, but it was just true in my case. Like, do you know what I mean? And then you sort of realize that no matter what, you're sort of happy and you're proud of what you've done. And, and we couldn't have done a carbon copy of songs of praise. We could only sort of do this. And I'm sort of really happy with what we've done and really proud of it. And, um, I think any, you know, it's just, like, I think everything I might think about is just how we perform the songs live. You know, and that's sort of an immediate reaction you can get with the crowd to see whether they like a song or not or how they react to it. And I think that will always exist, but I think that's quite a nice way to think about a song because then you're sort of like including sort of like the fan base or whoever's in the crowd in the sort of concept of the writing experience. You mentioned something interesting because, uh, well, earlier you said the, the sort of necessity to create and how it's very, very... Uh, helpful to have that outlet in terms of playing live then and especially now that that is no longer possible and I, I saw you uh, were about to do uh, are you thinking about doing a socially distant tour in the yeah a lot of, most of the days are sold out for that already yeah because I've, I've seen uh, footage of your life and, and and it's a very energetic show there's a lot of uh, direct feedback uh, our connection with the crowd now that the crowd is only 30 people sitting down with masks on how do you anticipate that element of, of your 
Well, going back to what I said previously about sort of like, you know, this kind of survival thing and sort of looking at things positively, I think we just have to be sort of, you know, grateful that we're able to play a show at all and that we will sort of adapt and we will adjust. And we did a secret socially distant show at the Windmill in Brixton about a month ago. And it was definitely weird. It was definitely strange. Like, I can't deny that. But, you know, it was to be able to perform again at all, you know, even though there might be some limitations and sort of rules and stuff, was just incredible. Um, and so I think it's just, I think it's just sort of like pushing forward and doing whatever we can do under the circumstances. Mm. You mentioned the windmill. Now, I've, I've talked with a couple of artists who do, for whom that was a prominent place. I believe Gold Girl was one of them. Yeah. Um, how important are venues like that? And especially these days, because they, 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 they're obviously struggling uh, amongst all of this. So how important are places like that for bands like you? I mean, I think that they're arguably like one of the most important things. I think they are sort of where any sort of creative person are able to sort of, you know, uh, hone their craft and sort of garner sort of greater knowledge and experience of what they're doing and what they want to achieve. And I think, you know, they're like pillars of culture. Mm. Um, I think without them, I, I don't have much sort of hope for, for much things, but I think they will survive because they're a necessity to survive and they, give so much to so many people. What is one thing you can share? It doesn't have to be particularly about that place, but uh, something that you've learned, especially early on about kind of not, perhaps not just the industry, but about being a touring musician, about going into this life, so to say. You learn that not everybody gives a shit about you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. You know, it's like we played for years of these shows where it's just like over and over again to five people or six people or seven people in all these independent venues. And that's a great thing to learn because it's fucking important. Like, you know, and it sort of drives you further to want to convince people and want to sort of get them on your side. And in terms of performance and stuff, it's kind of, you know, it's where you cut your teeth or whatever. It's, it's you learn all the mistakes you're going to make and you learn how to sort of, you know, avoid them or what you should do if they do happen or, you know, that not everything, you learn sort of that not ever, you know, that things aren't perfect and that there's always going to be a bit of a struggle with either getting the sound or whatever, which again makes you so grateful when you do get to a venue that, that has all these sort of luxuries for you. But it's sort of, yeah. And I was going to say, does it help keep you grounded in a sense that, that knowing that uh, success isn't given, that, that it's one, something you have to work for, but also something, if you make that a goal, that it's kind of a fool's, fool's errand in a way? Yeah, I think definitely. I think, you know, it's, I think everybody's sort of path is different to sort of what they want to achieve. But for us, you know, I mean, it was all very unexpected, but we knew we liked to play live. And so that was just what we did just over and over again. And I think, you know, it just makes it all the more meaningful when sort of, you know, you play a show and then a, 50 people come and then 100 people come and then, you know, eventually like a thousand people come and 2,000 people or whatever. And then sort of it makes all those experiences more sort of, you know, understand, not understanding, just sort of like meaningful, I guess. Final question then. 
what do you hope because we kind of talked about the themes and then everything uh what do you hope that people will take away from the record after hearing it i don't know i think their own interpretation i think just sort of like i think i don't really know i i, I don't want to sort of impose anything mm. on anyone or you know not that i'm necessarily going to but um just a, i don't know just so it makes them sort of brings them a bit of joy i guess <laughs> Well, let me ask you slightly differently, dear. What what did you take away now that the album is done and everything uh, kind of is, is uh, going to be released? And, and what have you kind of taken away from this this process now? I think just um, gratitude that we've even been in this position. You know, we've even we're, we're even fortunate enough to be in the position of being on our second record. And um, I think so. Sort of, yeah, pride. I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm really happy of what we've achieved and if people don't like it then oh well <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah what else can you do um, what else can you do yeah all right thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me um hope everything goes well with the record and the tour and then hopefully you get to tour properly uh in not too yeah. long as well thank you very much robin mate much love brother all right have a good one big soon bye mate thank bye -bye. you